Today on Hoops and Cards, another episode of Basketball Cards 101. Whether you are a beginner, a returner to the hobbier, or an expert, so you say, in collecting or investing in basketball cards, today is one of those value-added episode, an insider look at grading. When you hear all those acronyms, PSA, SGA, BGS, SGC, oh my word, my head starts spinning, and words like mint and gem and pristine and VG and EX, we're going to get an insider's look on what actually goes on in grading cards. David from Guess the Grade on Instagram, who has been a part of the hobby and serving and grading and helping collectors and investors like you and like me make decisions on, hey, I got this card. I think it's awesome. How awesome is it? How valuable is it? What should I do with it? Somebody else look at it because I want my card to be gem mint. I want to send it in to a grading company because that increases its value, makes the card last, all those things. Guys, if you have cards you're thinking of grading, or you want to just learn more about what that all does, what that all is, and where to get started, today is an episode for you. Value added, encouragement, and lots of good inside scoop from David. So let's not waste another second listening to me. Let's get after it. Awesome. Well, here on uh, Hoops and Cards, we get the chance really to dive into some basic issues, basic things to learn about collecting and investing in the hobby. And and tonight we get to talk with a man who grades cards like this is a profession that he is, is focused on, experienced in. And guys, we want to learn tonight in this Basketball 101 series, what does it mean to grade cards and, and when should we, how should we, why should we, should we get our cards graded? And so, guys, I want to welcome David, uh, who is a longtime grader professional with Guess the Grade on Instagram and has been involved working with PSA and a lot of other people and organizations and shows throughout the years in the hobby. David, thanks for joining us tonight here at Hoops and Cards, man. Gary, it's great to, it's great to be on the show. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I love doing podcasts, maybe because I'm, you know, I get to see my family and everybody else so much, but because we're all, you know, still with COVID, COVID that, you know, you it's nice to see other people and have great conversations and stuff like that. You That's know? right. And you're right. Zoom is better because I get to see the Yankee, you know, history right behind you as we're talking. So uh, Yankee fan, obviously, but you're in Connecticut and maybe you could tell us what, maybe what you do and, and how, how you got into this role of grading cards. Okay, great. Um, so I probably started collecting around 1986, 87. Uh, the heyday for cards, as far as the overproduction, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, I did collect those tops cards and stuff like that, but I went to one of my local uh, uh, stores and um, we didn't have too many. We had like three or four, but then uh, later on, we probably had as many as 10 or 12. And I went into one of them and he said to me, you know, what do you want to collect? And I said, um, you tell me. I mean, I, I like I like them. They're cool. I, I like the Yankees, I think. And my um, quick side story, my grandmother. Yeah. My grandmother um, used to go to Yankees games in the 1920s, and she used to sit on the third base side, and she uh, used to tell me stories as I was little about these two guys that she used to know that she got autographs from that used to talk with her, and their names were uh, George and Lou. And I was like, George and Lou? Oh, really cool. You actually, uh, I, I didn't know as a young kid who the heck they were, but then as I got a little bit older, and found out that in a fire, they lost. She lost all the signatures and all that stuff. That she uh. knew Eric in, in uh, Babe Ruth, and uh, that <laughs> I kind of fell in love with baseball right there. I mean, your grandmother actually met them and like we talked to them. She was a young girl at that point, and uh, it, it just an amazing. Uh, you know, I, she was an amazing woman. She ended up in the late eighties early nineties rooting for the Mets. So I watched the Mets with her too, because the Yankees were horrible back then. Okay. Yep. Um, but, uh, so I watched the Yankees and the Mets. And, uh, so I went to, uh, the card store and I started collecting Don Mattingly because I fell in love with the first baseman. I mean, he was awesome. I mean, he was, you know, um, he, he was just great. A lefty, uh, hitting first baseman, just great average, just great guy in general, all that good stuff. So, um, but 
that really didn't do it for me. What really did it for me was, um, it was 1987 basketball. Think about who was I was going to watch. Wasn't Patrick Ewing. Didn't like the Knicks. Right. Fell in love, fell in love with Michael Jordan. Um, and I fell in love with that man hard. And for 12 years, I collected every single one of his cards that I could possibly get my hands no. on. Oh, that's awesome. I collect, I bought boxes and boxes cards of everything every product that came out from 86 to 98 but at least three or four um or my dad did or i would mow you know mow the lawns to find the money to buy the boxes and i and any cards that i got in there i traded everything away i traded it all i would go to card shows and i was the original hustler back in the early 80 or late 80s early 90s i would trade and the kid the guys knew this guy will trade me everything for that jordan that's jordan that jordan jordan, jordan. I knew that it would be worth a lot more later on in life. And then once I went to college, still was in it. And then um, I started figuring out that the, this company came out PSA BGS. I'd already heard about because everybody knew back. Yeah. Yep. So um, I started going to the shows and talk to them and started realizing, because this was the infancy of eBay. So really wasn't a lot of graded cards on there, but, People at card shows were selling the graded cards and they were selling for significantly more in better grades. So then I started learning more about that, how the grading, how to actually grade, stuff like that. Started figuring out. And because I was asking PSA so many questions, they just said, why don't you just come back? And this was before anybody was really using them a lot. Hey, why don't you just come back? You can learn from the guys. And I sat with them and they showed me how to do a lot of the stuff and how to grade and how to find trim cards and how to you know undersized cards and stuff like that and that's how i learned and then i started meeting up with them all the different shows and helping out with different things and and grading some really really cool cards that i'll never even ever have my chance huh. to have a chance ever again because they're multiple millions of dollar cards um but uh yeah and then i did that for a couple of years um and then uh, i stopped with the card shows um i was became a school teacher because that's what I've been doing for the past 20 years. So I'm a school teacher. I teach um, eighth grade science now. Love it. Have two kids. One plays baseball, one plays basketball. I'm good. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And I'm still in it. Uh, I was still in it. And then um, what really brought me back in was probably COVID. The, I, I had the extra time at night and I was reading back into my stuff and looking at Instagram. And I started the Instagram page. And first it was just my son and I just talking about um, – his idea of what the grade of the card would be my grade. And then I started posting um, some of the graded cards that I had because I was grading when it was like seven or $8 a card to grade seven dollars right. a card. It now seems like so long ago, man. And it's not, but it not that long ago. Not that long ago. So I, I got a lot of those cards graded because uh, a Gretzky rookie was only a hundred dollars just a little while ago. So I didn't really cost me that much to get them graded. Now it's totally different pricing structure. And um, yeah, yeah. And it started flying from there. People figured out, found out that I had worked with PSA and I started doing podcasts and the clubhouse and a lot of followers now, and people help me out with different things. I don't know how, like I did, I'm tech savvy, but I couldn't make a circular logo. Cause now um, I was asked to go to the national and I'm going to probably uh-huh. So I wanted to make t-shirts so people knew who I was. I mean, not everybody watches the videos of the YouTube or whatever, but they, they listen to me and stuff like that. So this is really fun. I've really, really enjoyed all of this. And it's just from the ground up with the Instagram and just, uh, it wasn't really cool. It was nerdy to be into PSA. The total nerdy. But then people started figuring out, oh, I can buy a $5 card, get it in a 10, which will cost me another 5 to $10, 15 then right. I can sell it. It's almost two hundred dollars. Well, why don't I just buy a hundred of those cards? <laughs> right. Hundred of those cards. Why don't I just buy all these different cards, right? And I'm gonna figure out how to pre-grade myself, right? Send them in. That's what people and I would help people do that, and I would see people doing that. People have been doing this whole flip game for a long time with PSA. It's right. just as many people were doing it and those that have been doing it for a long period of time they have those cool cards that you see on instagram because they've been doing it for a while and they knew they figured out they figured out the magic the magic potion the magic formula years ago yeah yeah well and grading cards like i went to a show saturday and they had about 75 tables or 75 vendors and almost every one of them had at least some graded cards you know in in a plastic slab 
that we're calling them, you know, to grade the condition, to keep it in that shape, to preserve it. It looks cool to have them like that. And it obviously raises the value. And um, Dave, my story is like, I collected as a kid, came back and kind of dabbled with it again after college. And then now that my my son, my daughters are like uh, playing sports and interested in these kind of things, we, we got back into it just before the pandemic, right? And that's when I started to, to see what you just said. Hey, um, I can let we we live uh, near Cleveland, so LeBron is still a big deal. Like I can buy some LeBron Prism Silvers and send them into PSA, and look look at how much more. First of all, they look nice in the slab. So if I'm keeping them for my PC, my collection, that's great. But I'm also looking at what they're selling for. Even if they eight or nine, it's like. There's a profit margin there, and I, I would love to hear, you know, as you think about people either just returning or, or brand new to this whole thing, like, what are some of the main reasons people grade cards? And I know it's not rocket science, but but there may be sometimes you would say, well, yeah, obviously you should grade this card because it, it'll preserve it or this looks cool or, or, you know, I'd love to hear your reasons. And then there might be other times where you'd be like, no, there might be a time not to grade a card. So maybe if you could give us both sides, like why should I, why shouldn't I? Okay, I can do that for you. But first, we're going to talk about uh, your first love, which is Cleveland. So my yes. wife and I, my wife went to Cleveland because part of my bucket list, right, we all have a bucket list, is to visit every major league stadium. Um, and I've done like 11, I think, or 12. And one of them was we went to Cleveland and we saw an Indians game. The Indians played the Yankees. It was great. It was Clint Fraser's first game. My wife Ooh. has red hair red hair and um so they called him red thunder and it was great it got everybody really into it we uh sandwich parmageddon it was a great uh, nice. chicken yes and we fell in love with cleveland because we had a hotel and we were able to walk to the brown stadium to the hall of fame uh, we were able to walk to uh the quick and loans arena and we were able to walk uh walk to progressive field walk that is so freaking cool it's <laughs> amazing and the restaurants most, downtown you got so much to do oh yeah but see my impression of cleveland was major league cleveland mm -hmm. from the movie and that's not what that was 30 years ago right that's what i thought that it was a you know blue collar town you know very similar to pittsburgh and stuff like that it's not at all it's trendy now and it's it's wonderful it's great and not that it. then but it was just really cool to see that I was completely wrong. And it's so beautiful. And I recommend everybody's got to go, especially go when the Cavs are in town. And you can go to like a couple games, like like a Sunday in like October, if you know, the Indians are playing. And you can go, see, you can see like three or four teams in one day. And I know that that's happened. Oh, I yeah. Think in, in fact, dude, my, my um, family and I, there were several seasons. We were partial season ticket owners with the Indians and Cavs. And we would go to like there. I remember going to one Indians game with my son. Uh, we got like seats close to third base and uh, got got some autographs. And then two hours later, we went over to the Cavs for for a playoff game. It was incredible. It. Like well, just the atmosphere in the city on nights like that is insane. So I love what you're saying, by the way, too. When you first brought up Cleveland as a Yankee fan, I thought, oh no, here we go again. Because the Yankees always get us, man. You, you guys always. 1997 you didn't you got us in 97 i don't forget those things okay we um, do get you you're right um and we took we took one of your best picture pictures too who i love the death cc sabathia is like number one for me yeah yes i know kluber kluber i know we yeah right? kluber's not the same person anymore right no, no. he's not he's not the same guy um but i like him um we got two guys that have like um uh, just him and cole um they just have like impressionless faces like they just right. they're mad happy or sad at any point in time um but they're they're both great pictures i'm i'm happy with the team the way that they are right now let's yeah. get back oh so grading yeah yeah so when when should you grade so here's the way the way my thought process goes one are you keeping the card long term if so um grade it um because you want most people want to keep their cards to be able to give it to their children or grandchildren later down the road, right? Mm. Read it because it's um, it's important to keep it in the condition that you have it in. Now, um, 
Here's another reason to grade if it's an old card. It didn't used to be that people would grade most of the old cards only if it was in a high quality, high grade. But there is no more high grade cards out there anymore. If you find it, you hear about it in Sports Collector Digest or other places because it was a find. Because you just don't find the old cards anymore um, ungraded. I'm talking about the higher quality. I'm talking about right, not the right. I'm talking about like the the mantles and the Aaron's and the Kovaxes and the Robinsons and stuff like that. And any grade they do well. And you're gonna see, you're gonna notice um, that grades one, two, three, and four are going to see not a renaissance, but more of a their prices are gonna be going up just because of the fact of I think long term with the PSA pricing, that cards that are already PSA graded are just gonna be even in the low, low grades, they've still been incrementally going up i think you're going to see them keep going just mm -hmm. because i want to spend the 300 or spend the whatever 125 175 when they when they open back up again but um i think it's important as well to grade all those old vintage cards as well because you want to keep them in that same condition you don't want them to get worse another reason to grade is because of the investment opportunity right you're buying to then either flip or invest right and i believe that those two words are separate right if it's an investment you're holding it for a while um or you're, if you're flipping it, you're, you know, you're looking for that instant um, profit margin, right? You're looking for that, uh, you know, two, three, four, five, 10x. Um, that's what people have been seeing. It hasn't been happening as of recently for some of these mid-level and low-level graded cards, but it's still there. The money's still there. You just have to do more of it. You have to do more volume, right? Um, so yeah, and when would you not want to grade? You would not want to grade cards from the 80s um, and the 90s that are really grades one through six or seven, most cards. Uh, inserts and numbered cards, sure, that that's fine. Inserts, numbered cards, you definitely should do, especially if it's uh, any, any of those precious metal gems or any of those um, top's finest refractors that are not officially numbered, but we know that they're in low grades or low numbers. Um, you wanna grade those two. Um, just because of the fact, again, um, you want to be able to, if you want to sell them, right. People want them in certain grades. Some people collect eights are great. Nines are fine. Right. I should probably, uh, patent those. Uh, <laughs> you should. Eights. I, I love eights. nines cause they're affordable and I can still get an awesome card, but yeah. you, you're a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically like the higher, obviously a 10 is perfect 10, like the higher that's, that's gem mint. <laughs> Not all tens are the same and you probably oh, really? are. Right, so you probably noticed, and I've no definitely noticed, and I've tried to show it to people the Jordan rookie cards. Right, um, you'd see one sell for 300,000 and one sell for 740. Well, the one that's 740,000 dollars, sorry, Timberland, and I've said this before, uh, it's not, it's a lower end 10, it's not mm -hmm. a high end. And I, I know some people that have 9.5 BGSs that are in better quality than that PSA 10. And there's a couple of those. And I've talked about this on another podcast. There's a P, there are BGS 10 pristine Jordans that are out there. I don't know if you've looked because you're a basketball. Player. I have not. You, um, it's a little out of my price range, Dave. I'm just, I'm just a squirrel yeah. trying to get a nut, man. I'm <laughs> same, yeah. same, exactly. I'm just saying I do. I used to know who had them. I don't know if the person still does, but that BGS 10 that ever came out. Wow. I would yeah. be, you would see some jaws drop. That would be wow. some, some cool stuff to say. Anyway. So that's okay. So you gave us lots of good reasons to grade. Is there like before you, um, before you say, all right, I'm, I'm going to grade this card. You have options of places, companies that do grading. You have, people like yourself that, that have done this for a while that you can, I bet you can look at a card, you know, under decent light and, and guesstimate. Uh, I, I'm curious, like if you could help us beginner level, we hear words like centering and sharp corners. Like what, what are some of the basics that you look for that would say, Hey, this is, this has a chance to, I at least need to go grab. You've got, I also love to hear what kind of equipment you use. Like you, you go grab some, some, uh, magnifying, you know, lighting instruments, that kind of stuff. But what are some things like just with our naked eye, we could say, Hey, this, this might be, you know, nine or 10 to okay. somebody. Um, there is no secrets. I mean, I can, you can try to teach someone how to grade, but um, really it just takes a lot of time and experience and a lot of mistake making is really how you become a really good grader. Mm. Um, 
the first thing really is, yes, you're right. It is centering and you have to be able to have good eyes. And as you get older, sometimes that fails you a little bit. Um, but you can always use like one of my buddies, uh, the original grade masters card centering tool. This is helpful. Um, mm -hmm. I know that apps that are out there that you can use now. Hold on one second. I'm taking notes while you're saying this stuff. No, that's okay. Sorry. My phone was just yeah. saying that it was. So anyway, um, yeah, so the centering tool helps when you have the card in front of you. If you don't, you really have to, you just, it's the experience, right? You know, with Mosaic, that there's certain uh, polygons. Look at that, I'm using a geometry term. <laughs> nice. Then the photos that you have to be able to match up and there are certain sizes on each side. I can show that like if we're talking, like if we're next to each other, I can show you things, but there's certain things like that. But the new prisms, um, the image is separate than the three uh, designs that are on either side and they have to match up as well when you see it. And you have to be able to just look at it and just see that top to bottom, left to right, it's got to be 50-50 or 55-45. They're really not accepting 60-40 as much. Hmm. I mean, they say that they do. <clears throat> I really, and I was always told, it's really got to be under 60-40. It can't be 60-40. It's really not going to happen that often, and you're going to get a 10 with a with a 9 centering, usually, from PSA. Remember, I my standards are a little bit, I'm more of a stricter grader than other people, but people appreciate that because then when they get a higher grade, they're like, oh, you would say it was going to be an 88.5, it was a nine. I said, well, that's great. Still should be an 88.5, but you got a nine and that's great. It happened today. A guy uh, used SDC, a friend of mine used SDC and he, I said it was a nine and he ended up getting a 10. So okay. you know, get into that with the grading companies uh, further in the conversation. But um yeah, so then after I look at the centering, then I'll look at the corners and I'll take the card and I'll pick it up. Yeah. Uh, actually, surface second. I look at the surface, surface second. So I need the light and I'll have a uh, LED light that has the magnifying. I'm actually pointing through it right now. 10X is the most you should ever use. Okay. Um, from different angles, right? So I look at it from left to right, back and forth, up and down, and I'm looking for imperfections. Right, I'm looking for dimples. I'm looking for scratches. I'm looking for uh, printing lines, and it, they're pretty commonplace now. Um, most cards that I see, I'm maybe one out of fifty. I'll see that don't have a surface, some sort of surface issue. Okay. Now, levels of surface issues. Some of them are don't take away from the eye appeal, and you'll notice on P PSA's website they talk about eye appeal. That is a key piece, right? Not every card is going to be dead on perfect, and I've talked to some guys that will never submit anything because everything that they look at under a microscope has imperfections and they won't send it in. And I'm telling them, and I keep telling them, you got to send them in. Even if it's close, go with your gut and just go and send those cards in because they allow for a little bit, a little bit, you know, on the back of, you know, this Kevin Garnett tops rookie card, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's little, like in, there's little things on here. I clean off most of this stuff. Right. And I have some industry secret stuff that I use. Nothing that's, you know, not supposed to, but regular uh, things that you you can probably Google, you know, the uh, the bounty uh, or the bounty dryer sheet. Yeah. You can use off wax. Um, you can use a little bit of Windex if you want to. Um, Windex works on a lot of the Chrome cards. But you have to know what you're doing. Oh, use that brings up, a, David, that brings up a question because I, I, I don't want to, I'm sorry to interrupt your industry secrets because we need those, like, would you, you would you encourage us to, or like I've got a a pile of ten to twelve cards right now that I'm considering sending in. Should I do what you just said, like bounty sheet, Windex, like like looking at, or is that, or you just tell me what the guys at PSA or SGC are going to do once they get it? Like how much does how much do I need to do before I mail it to them? You do you have to do all the work. They're going to do nothing for you. They're gotcha. going to take they're going to take it out of the plastic right and they're going to look at it if they're they might you might get lucky and if there's like a little like faint something that they just go like this because yeah. they're wearing do it and if it comes off it comes off if it doesn't it doesn't and if you've yeah. left the print on there they're not going to clean it off okay you. so sorry um, back to your industry stuff go go for it what do you got so with the microfiber you can buy a pack for like eight bucks the microfiber cloths cloths um this is what you should start with Spend, yes, the microfiber. Yep, you got them right there. You got the blue. It's like what I use for my readers, my uh, prescription yep. reader glasses. But yeah, microfiber, good. Yep, use these. Uh, wipe them down. Do a good wipe down. 
try to wipe from the center out, not from the in out because you don't want to be clipping corners. Take your time with it. I usually actually use, I hold it like this, uh -huh. like this. So I use just my index finger because then I'm not yeah. wiping so much of the surface. I'm keeping it very confined like this. And I Are wipe you doing like, circles like, like wax yes. on, wax off kind of thing. Yes, Mr. Miyagi, I did. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Cobra Kai is real. Uh, yes. Actually, let's talk quickly about that. It's one of my wife and I's favorite show. Oh, my son I love that show, dude. I fell in love with Johnny Lawrence, man. Johnny Lawrence is the man. Johnny and Ralph, are, they're, they got a nice thing going for them they right do. now. We There's really supposed to be another season, right? They're, they're going to do a fourth season. Uh, they have to. It Please tell to me. Yeah. It has to yeah. happen. I'm not saying I'm not. Maybe I'll, you know. Maybe you have some pull, whatever. I don't want to spoiler alert for any of the fans listening, but it is an awesome show. And uh, I love that you, the Johnny Lawrence thing, like they totally redeemed him. I hated him for like 40 years, man. <laughs> yeah, the thing. I hated him as well. And because <laughs> that he's vulnerable, because he's shown that he's a human and that he cares and that he's about the good now and the bad. It's a great show. Oh. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off, breathe, in through nose, out the mouth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great ball rotation, Middleton, Giannis downhill, slams it home! And the Bucks lead by three! So anyway, you're cleaning the card right, and I clean off the surface, right? And then I also clean the back as well, it's key. Um, then I start looking at the corners. I'm already, I've already looked at the corners probably, because I've already, when I pre-grade and, and someone sends it to me, usually I can tell the corners um, and the edges. From the picture, some people can, but I can't, but I can. Um, and then probably 30 to 40% of your grade is the back. People forget okay. about the back. They think that it's not as important. It, I will not have someone buy a card that has a off-centered back. I know that they allow it, but in today's standards, it's really got to be dead on perfect on both sides. That's something that a lot of people they think that they can get away with a bad back, and it's just not the case anymore. You could. There are cards out there that have bad backs, but they're not, that's not happening anymore. And you need to be focused on it. At least 30% to 40% of what you're doing is your work. has got to be a clean back. So the, the dryer sheet is really for the older cards. Okay. Um, I just cleaned off a Michael Jordan sticker, had a ton of wax on the back of it. That's how I knew it was real because there was a ton of wax on the back. It was yeah. able to clean really well. Um, so, yeah, but a lot of these things are online. You can see them. Um, sure. You're not, there's a lot of things you're not supposed to be doing. Um, you're not supposed to be coloring in anything. Don't cut anything. Um, don't try to fix any corners. Um, don't try to do anything that makes the card look differently than it originally it, it looked when you got it sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, me cleaning off, um, you know, dirt, sticky stuff and dirt. It's perfectly fine to do that. There, that's within the rules of doing this. Right. But you can't change the coloring. You can't do any of that stuff. That stuff is illegal. You're going to get caught. The card's going to come back as tampered or altered, or and you just don't want to deal with that. So, yeah. Well, David, I appreciate like knowing a little bit of what you, what you're recommending we would do to prepare because I think once you're at the point where, especially now with uh, as long as you may have to wait to get those cards back, what what money you might have to spend uh, to pay to have them graded or to just just to ship them there and put them in someone else's hands. Like, I want to know that I'm putting my best card out there and that it's worth it, you know, that it's worth it for them. And like, uh, like I said, I've got several submissions that I'm waiting to, to hear back from. And I anticipate more after this conversation that I'm going to learn, you know, how to how to evaluate which cards and not just be like, oh, that looks centered. It looks shiny. I don't see any dimples. There's a lot more to this. Right. And uh, I appreciate your help in helping us prepare. If we get to that point and say, we're like, man, I've got this. I've got this 
LeBron James green parallel prism card that I like that I want to keep for a long time, right? That I've had in a card saver one. And I, I don't, I mean, I might sell it someday, but I love it. I'll just display it up here in my office for a while. My, the thing I was going to say to you is if I'm at that point, I'm hoping you didn't see that it's off centered or something. I missed already as I'm flashing on the screen, but I'm good. I'm like, not that good. You only okay. flash. <laughs> Zoom is not that clear. <laughs> no, um, no, no. So if I if if we get to that point that where I'm like I love this card and whether it's investment or just to keep I don't care I want to get it graded. Um, right now we live in a world where I'm just we're flooded with acronyms SGC PSA HGA S um, you know BGS and and like literally as somebody that's brand new to the hobby uh, I, I'm not I've been doing this and so I'm aware that like Beckett grading system you know. I, I know what some of these acronyms mean, but maybe you could give us an overview. PSA, maybe the like the gold standard or the most famous Beckett name is recognizable. I'm just curious, like what what would you tell us? Uh, Fifty thousand foot overview of what's out there, places that we could send a card to get graded. Sure, let me help you with that. All right, so first, yeah, the gold standard is PSA. Uh, as far as they've had the longest tenure of doing this right PSA stands for professional sports authenticators um, and they will live under the umbrella of collector's universe so they also grade well autographs photos um, uh, coins stuff like that they do all that kind of stuff so they do a lot of different things Um, yeah they're the gold standard now now Uh, what was the gold standard and still actually is among true collectors and people that have been doing this for a long time is BGS. BGS uh, is Beckett Grading Services. It was started um, after the fact that uh, Dr. Beckett left. I think he was in the process of leaving and they were starting, right? Um, and they do subgrades, right? Mm-hmm. And he, for a lot of people, uh, because as we've talked about, not all tens are the same, Right. So with the subgrades, you're able to see a closer look at how someone else views your card. And in my opinion, it's only mine. doesn't have that much weight, especially in my household. But it does with <laughs> collectors. And other collectors, not in my household, uh, they view it the same way I do. PSA and BGS are the same. They're the same level for me. It's the slab is thicker for BGS. Slab is thinner. Uh, in BGS, your um, your card is encapsulated, but it also has a uh, very nice um, plastic covering on the side, which is really nice as well, especially if you're cracking and re-slabbing. Um, those and putting them to PSA. PSA, um, they've up theirs as well. Um, many times um, I've seen some of the newer ones have a plastic coating around the inside part of the slab as well. Um, they're they're getting to be better slabs. Um, okay, so then after those two, then you get into SGC. Now, there's two versions of SGC. There's the old SGC that was that was run by older graders. That's not the same SGC that's out there now. It's the same company, but with different graders. They're younger. Uh, I'm not saying this that they're was, worse. I, was this a year did. ago, this transition? Um, I think it was what? over a year. Okay. But yes, yes. Different. Ish. It's still the same name. It's not the same company. So if you find an old SGC slab, buy it. Um, because those grades are usually pretty spot on. Those are graders that uh, are not with the company anymore. They've gone on to Beckett or PSA or have retired, but they're good. Um, but anyway, um, so there's SGC. Then there's also um, a newer company, HGA, Hybrid Gaming um hybrid gaming i think it is something like that hybrid grading excuse me not hybrid gaming hybrid uh grading and uh they are more of the they're more into like the somebody said the hb ink dot printer labels right they're cool because upgrades but they do like cool coloring and changing up the labels that's fun and that's great i'm not a fan of it some people are I have not agreed with many of their grades that they've slabbed some of their cards for. Really? Yes. So long term, I 
think that you're going to be seeing a lot of people taking the cards out of the HGA slabs and putting them into different slabs. Or they're just, right now the value is closer, which is good. And I'm glad that um, they figured out the whole, that a little snafu where someone had said that they weren't actually using AI grading for a portion of their grading process, but, mm -hmm. and they said the high-end scanner, but I believe that that was fixed and that's good. I'm glad that they are using it. I'm just not a fan of HDA. I, uh, I don't, uh, if I'm going to spend my money, I'm not going to spend it at that level. There's another company that's out there called CSG. Yeah. Uh, he is really actually, if I'm going to put them all at the, all at the same level or all at different levels, I'm actually going to put CSG at the same level as PSA and BGS. They're really? top notch. Really are. Yes. They do and, a lot of atomics. They did. Well, that's their subsidiary company. Like, so gotcha. it's the collectors CCG. I forgot all the, there's so many acronyms, right? So the CCG, <laughs> uh, the C the CGC is the comic book one, which they're top notch, right? And then they also do like um, uh, Sports Illustrated. The great uh, CGC will do Sports Illustrated, uh, and now they have the CSG. CSG is great. Um, I really like their grades. they I'll look at a card and look at what they graded it at, and it's we're pretty much so they're straight graders but they're also very much in line with PSA and BGS. Okay. Um, so I've really liked what they're doing. And I think that they have a, they have a good company structure where they have great senior graders that came from Beckett and they came to them. So it's, it's a nice seamless move and they're being and they're training the right people. They're getting people into it that are really have the passion for sports that are former bulk submitters, maybe former graders, stuff like that. And I like what they're doing there. I would put my money if I'm right now, I'm not grading cards. I've been doing it for other people, but I haven't uh -huh. been great. They've just been busy and I'm keeping my cards. I keep a lot of raw stuff and maybe I eventually will. We'll see situation has to just present itself to me and I'll, you know, I just kind of, then I'll do it. But for right now, um, those are the ones I would use. I know that there's KSA out of Canada. Um, there's um, a couple of raw uh, grade review companies. There's Mike Baker. He ends up grading a graded card because you may have a PSA 10. He'll give it a silver or gold diamond on top of it saying, this is a higher end PSA 10. Gotcha. BGS. Um the space is there. He, Mike came from PSA. He went and owned GAI. He's solid. Um, I knew of him. I had met him, but not really. He didn't remember me, nor really probably. But um, he was one of those big guys at PSA that just, he graded like the Honus Wagners. He graded oh, the wow. big, that, that yeah. was him. Like he's done most of those ones, those big cards at PSA, the the, the near mint eight fifty two uh, man mantles. That was him. He did those, so he knows okay. what he. he Mike is, Baker. Mike Baker authenticated. Okay. Check him out later. So he's okay. really he's good too. He's not a graded card company. He's a he grades your graded cards, and I think he's doing now raw grade reviews as well. Which okay. When I when I see him at a show or something like that, when I can go to one. Definitely, we'll talk to him, check it out, see what he's, see how he's, he's, I know he's probably in line with me because I've seen most of the stuff he's done and we're kind of on the same level, which is good. Sorry, that was a really long answer. Question. Well, no, it was good. And as you're, as you were like listing some of the strengths or like more details about each of these acronyms, each of these places we could send a card to get graded, I, I kind of realized I, like when I have thought about submitting cards, I have looked at, Hey, what's popular? What does it cost? How long do I have to wait? Logan, what does it look like? There's those kind of things that maybe you can you can tell just by looking at a company's website what you're gonna get. But you just gave us like the inside. Hey, here here's the quality of their work. Here's their their experience, their approach to grading, right? I really appreciate that because you're you're helping us see uh, more clearly. <laughs> you know what what are we actually paying for? And yeah. uh, how will it stand the test of time? Like with PSA making a lot of the, the changes and also, you know, halting things till July or whenever uh, that's going to be. Um, I think there's been a lot of conversation about will any of these other smaller or lesser known companies, like you said, um, SGC, HGA, 
um, CSG? Like, will, will a lot of these, or will anyone like rise up? You know what I'm saying? And in and in, to meet some of that demand that's obviously there. I mean, I I will say this for um, this this past weekend's card show. I, I did say I saw a lot of slabs, but I also saw a ton of awesome raw cards. And dealers saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not submitting anything right now. I'm just putting it out there." Like they, some of it may be the weight and the cost of these things and the uncertainty when I send it in is is moving towards people just reselling raw. Are you seeing that? And, and yeah. getting getting the quick turn around rather than saying, hey, if I wait a few months, I can get 20% more. Well, I don't want to wait. I want, I want to just keep it moving. You know? Exactly what's happening. Some dealers have been doing that the whole time, right? But uh, many of them have learned and seen that, you know, that, yeah, if you say the, the new Lamellos out there, um, Lamello-based Prism, right? And a guy wants to sell, it's worth Right, gem mint, it's worth fifteen hundred, right? But if you can get a thousand, twelve hundred ungraded, but he knows that it's gonna be a gem mint ten, but he's okay moving it for a little bit less. Yeah. You gotta, right. That's you gotta um you gotta go with the money that's right in front of you, right? So I've been seeing that. Um yeah. and, and on eBay too. There's a lot a lot of those buy it now cards are gem mint tens. They just are willing to take less. And some are trying to make equal amounts of a gem mint ten without it being graded, which I right. Think is- <laughs> and they'll, of- they'll put gem mint in the description, right in the title on eBay. I, I was going to ask you that about like seeing seeing a card online, whether it's eBay or on Starstock or ComC. Like I, I know Starstock's invented their ABC, and I I've had some experience with them, but. What's your take? Like, how how much can I really tell about a card I'm seeing, even if they take a digital photo? What am I looking at? Well, that's where I come in. You send me a picture, I'll help you out. Right? I can help you pre-grade it. I can talk to you about it. It's more of a conversation. It's what can you see? What you're looking at? Yeah. So you're if you're newer to cards, like you just got back in, right? And you don't know what you're looking at on. Um, on eBay, you need to go and go to card stores and put your eyes and hands on the cards, go to card stores, buy some packs. That's what I believe that most people have to do to get back in. You got to start just looking at the cards, right? And also looking at the graded examples of the cards that you're interested in so that you know what it's called exemplars, right? For a reason. That's kind of, I still have to do that with some cards because if they're new, you know, I mean, Panini's got 150 products that come out every year. And I have people that will buy new stuff and I haven't seen the cards yet. And I have to, and, and I'll have to go into the store or look at exemplars and do the same thing that everybody else is doing. Um, I take a little less time because I, I know what I'm looking for. Right. And so, and so will you. So, you, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, that's just how I've been, how I've been doing it. And I think that's how, newer people can do it and kind of get into that raw card to then graded card game, I guess you could call it investment, right? Yeah. Well, and that reminds me too, like when I've been either at a show or at a card shop um, and seeing a lot of raw cards that they have, especially when like here, here I've got several Larry Bird, like that, that card with magic in the background that people were having graded because it's the magic and Larry bird card. <laughs> and it was like, I, I haven't sent any of these in. I haven't sent any of these in, but I will no. say this. What, one of the things though, that, that David, I'm hearing you, like when you actually are holding the cards, you can see the difference between the way like, well, this card's centered better. Or this card has sharp corners. Like you can actually do, and, and it kind of trains your eye with, like with what to look for. So I'm not grading the Larry bird, the, the 90 Fleer, but um, when I, you're absolutely right. When I hold cards in my hand and it's a lot of them are the same card, you can, you know what I'm saying? You can pull, first of all, you can learn by comparing. I'm sure that's, that's been part of your experience. Yep. So it's interesting that you bring that up. So I have in my hand right over here, I have like four Kevin Garnett working cards, right? Come on. And, yeah. Right. Oh, sorry about that. KG. There. Yeah. Sorry. It's going into low power mode. We have to pause and then we have to restart in a second. I just uh, don't want to lose you. So anyway, um, so I have these Kevin Garnett cards, right? And um, yeah, they're 
people will say, oh, you know, uh, the Kevin Garnett's going for the 10 going for like five, $600. I've got at least five or six of them. So that's like, you know, three grand for me. And I go, well, I doubt that you have 10. And that conversation is very hard to have with a lot of people because, and I've had that telling them like, yeah, your card isn't a 10. Most of them are actually sevens. So don't even send them in for grading. Hmm. And I've people that have said, I spent $700 on grading these cards and I get back sevens and eights. What am I going to do with them? I'm like, um, keep them or sell them and maybe make back some of your grading money. But um, that's been a hard truth for a lot of people that have come back in that were buying cards in the 80s and 90s now want to jump into the grading piece and realizing that there's a reason why that Michael Jordan card's worth $125 um, graded as a 10 because I could pull a hundred of them right here and I may get one, maybe one. That's an actual 10. It's a hard, hard, hard truth for a lot of people to, to think about and, and see when they're looking at their cards because we're all emotional, right? We're emotional creatures. For sure. I want my card to be a 10, man, because I, yeah, I can right? certainly use that, that kickback. Well, I'll say this. That's why we need guys like you and people that, that look carefully, right, and know what makes the card stand out, make it excellent. So, David, thank you. Uh, like I said, it was great meeting you in the clubhouse chat rooms a couple times, and you uh, you helped make this, this whole issue of grading, like, uh, more conversational and real to me rather than just, like, going on a website, filling out a form, sending a submission. Thank you. You know, even just for the way you approached me in that clubhouse room and said, yeah, send me a couple cards. I'm like, dude, we just met. I can't even see your, you know, we can't talk face to face or whatever. But thank you for uh, taking some time today and encouraging us at Hoops and Cards because this is, it's not just a basketball 101. It's not just knowing what uh, grading even means. It's how can I leverage it to have a better collection that I'm proud of? Or like you said, I'm proud to pass this down to my kids or I have a chance to, hey, make some decent money in this if if I understand grading a bit better, and you did that for us. So, dude, thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast tonight, man. And uh, wish you wish you best of luck with all you're doing. You sounds like you 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 are at, you know never like a dull moment with people sending you their their cards to say, hey, please tell me tell me mine's a ten, Dave. <laughs> like, right. It only makes me better. And I think one of the last, I want to leave you with two things. One, make sure you follow Instagram, guest to grade, listen for me, find me on clubhouse, follow me there, talk with me, chat with me, tell me I'm wrong. Show me how I'm wrong. Card porn. Who's a uh, big Instagram following does it all the time. And then they send me great emails like, Hey, I heard you need help with something. Let me help you. And I'm like, that's, that's what the community is about, you know? So they, they, they get you, but then they also want to help you as well. And the last thing is um, Adam Lefko said one of the greatest things he said, you know, um, when you have your friends over and you want to show them your cool collection, if you look into your collection and you're like, I don't want to show that card. Don't keep that card anymore. Right. You You want to keep the cards that you're proud of showing to somebody else. When somebody comes over and they're like, Oh, you're a card collector. Oh, let me see your collection. He said it right, and he really always – he has a way with words sometimes. It's also probably why he's on TV working with Charles Barkley and Shaquille and Dwayne Wade and all that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he just said it right, and he said it very poignantly, and it made a lot of sense. You want to keep the cards that you are proud of, not just that you made a great investment on, but the yeah. cards that you take out, you show to your kids or other people, and they're like, wow, that's really cool. So yeah. I'll leave you with that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, David, yeah, your Instagram again for us to follow you. Guess the grade. It's Guess the same. The grade. Twitter, I keep it the same for everything. It's easier, right? You know, everybody then knows it. Guess the grade for Twitter. Guess the grade for Instagram. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And we will look for you on Clubhouse. That's been a great forum to just connect and talk about the hobby. So, David, thanks again, man. Great, uh, great getting to hang out with you tonight. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to the Yankees and whoever else you root for. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> My friends, I learned so much from David at this episode about what I'm going to do, decisions I'm going to make. Maybe you're in the same place. You've got some cards that you're like, that that card would look better in a slab. You see them at uh, at shows or at stores or online, and the value goes up dramatically. In fact, 
one of the rabbit trails we could have is is why don't you do a search on eBay, pick a card, any card, pick a card, pick a, I mean just just do a Lamelo Ball Prism rookie this year. No, there's not many of those graded yet. So do a do a Ja Morant or do a LeBron James 2012 Prism base card or do a Kobe Bryant rookie even. You won't find many raw, but eBay search sold items and search what they sold for as a PSA 9 or a PSA 10 and then compare those with an ungraded card. You might see, hey, there's an opportunity here. If my card grades well or if I find raw cards like that that'll grade well, an uptick in value because they just are. They look great. They're preserved. Their condition has been affirmed by an expert. You may find it well worth the wait. I'm still waiting, like I said, for four groups of cards. They're called subs. You might find a submission. You might find uh, people in your area or on Facebook that want to submit cards for grading as a group together. And that's an awesome way to save money and get uh, other eyes on your cards to make sure, hey, before I spend this 30, 300, however much you're gonna spend to grade a card, have somebody else look at it and say, yeah, man, I would send that in. You know, so guys, I'm Gary. I love hoops and cards and hearing from you as I did several times this week on Instagram. From wherever you're at, give me a shout out at hoops and cards or at cards underscore hoops on Twitter or hoops and cards podcast at gmail.com or on Clubhouse. I've been I've been on Clubhouse meeting some of you and and other sports card investors, sports card fanatics. It's a great app that you can talk and meet people from all over, not just now on uh, iPhones, but now Android users are jumping in. So Clubhouse is fun, man. All that to say, guys, thank you for joining us another great episode. I learned a ton. I hope you did too. Good luck on your your grading cards. And I would say take David up on that offer to send him a a shout out on Instagram and even send him a picture of a card or two. He he really is uh, accessible, encouraging, informative, and willing to help. So check out David at Guess the Grade. And guys, tonight is the play-in. I'm so pumped. I have uh, later today actually another episode coming out where we're going to talk about a little bit about the play-in predictions and a little bit about the Rookie of the Year awards. So hey, Hoops and Cards Nation, have a great week. We'll see you soon. Got to get it in. Here's Luca. Gets it away. It's gold. A Doncic down.